from Vincent. In a recent interview with Max Sloan, yo, yeah, um, Penny talked about the benefits of stopping the thoughts. <laughs> After years of surrendering my thoughts, I can get into the space between thoughts very quickly and easily. And I can stay in that space, observing the emerging energy of thinkingness for as long as I am not disturbed. Can you tell me how I can best utilize this skill for spiritual advancement? Okay, this is a really good question, uh, one I don't get very often. When you stop your thoughts, you typically are going to, are going to want to be going in one of two directions. One is how do I trigger the full expansion of consciousness, which is Kundalini. The other is what is it I would like to know about the universe, about life, about my body, about my husband's body, my wife's body, or my mother or my child, whatever, about their health. What do I need to know about my government? It doesn't matter. Whatever you would like to know. You have to stop your own thoughts. Have that question. You got to be holding that question. And then you stop the thoughts. And then you wait for the answer to the question to appear. So the value of stopping your thoughts is that all of your biases and all of your prejudices are out of the way. So there's a lot of channeling, a lot of intuitive stuff, a lot of, I'm going to call it, I hear a lot of stuff that I know instantly is fully contaminated by that person's personal opinion. There's always going to be a little tiny touch of personal opinion, but you want to reduce that to an absolute minimum for at least a moment in order to be able to see clearly or be intuitive all the way clear intuition that's the that's what you do with that you are a human who is a thinking being and so if there's something you want to invent that's when you clear yourself so you can see what is that invention or what is that next step in the invention i've already started or if you're writing something what is the next chapter look like or what does this character do if you're writing fiction um etc etc um so all of that and of course then the other path which is the path toward kundalini um that's a path in which um you don't really stop your thoughts all the way you you can but you're um i'll say it like this you have to be able to immerse yourself 1,000% in the moment, whatever that moment is. And, and typically, if you're going to trigger a little kundalini, you, you know what I do, I'll just share what I do. I just sit down, I cross my legs Indian style, I put my hands on my knees, so to speak, and I just I rest in there. I don't do this kind of thing. It's too distracting. Um, I just put my hands on my knees and relax and I start listening to my own breathing and I just enjoy that breath, the movement of it, the sound of it, the feel of it and get deeper and deeper and deeper into that breath until I'm completely 
in the moment. And very often then I will feel the stirrings of Kundalini, which is what Quinn said earlier, this feeling of electricity moving up the spine or beginning to stir. It starts out at the base of the spine, passes through a stage that feels very sexual and which is distracting. But if you don't get distracted by the sexualness or the sexuality of that feeling, it keeps moving up. And it can get to your heart. Your heart will go like a trip hammer. Um, I mean, you, you need to be in good physical shape to be fiddling with kundalini. Um, and back in the day when I was uh, dealing with kundalini, I was a runner. So I was running several miles every day. Now I just walk a mile and a half or two. But I was in really good physical shape. Um, and I ran every day winter, summer, spring, and fall, regardless of weather. So that immersion in the moment often stirs deeply within you. Um, you will feel that electrical system start up. That's, um, you know, if you don't panic, <laughs> it may hit the brain, wipe out your entire consciousness. You will feel right before it hits the brain like you're going to die. And that is because when that energy hits the brain, you are as good as dead and back in source. Nothing happens to the body, but you will have a moment in which you do not exist and do not ever remember existing, where you just are in the totally in the now moment in the I am. And it's bliss. That bliss wipes out everything. So um, that's, yeah, that's what you do with that energy. Okay? There's something in there that, it, this, that is very common is that when people talk about the space between thoughts, this is a concept that was, it's very new agey, like a lot of people talk about it. And also I read a lot of Jiddu Krishnamurti. Oh, Krishnamurti, yeah. And that's this whole concept is that thought is a waste, that we need to just go between thoughts and stop thoughts. But is that something that is according to you and your, and your um, understanding? Is there such a thing as stopping thoughts and having no thoughts and the uselessness of thoughts? So the first question I would ask would be, to what end? Why go between thoughts? Why stop thought? Okay? We are thinking creatures. So the question becomes, to what end would you, why would Krishnamurti say that thought is useless? Um, it, he would say that, I would think, that because it's a, it's usually thinking that has been programmed, completely programmed by the great Satan, by the world, by the propaganda, by all the biases and the prejudices are out there. So once you have uh, gotten in between thoughts, what you find there is the, the true clarity that is yours if you want it. And you see the world and, and, it's, and then you respond to it um, as, a, as a living thing, I guess is the best way to say it. Thought, however, is what we do. That's how we create. 
we are learning to be creators. So from my point of view, what happens in too many spiritual teacher kinds of situations is that they take an experience that they had that got them somewhere to an understanding <clears throat> and then they apply that wholesale everywhere and it's only their way and it was only that moment of thought of no thought that he may have understood something you know i'm i i never really understood whether krishnamurti had a kundalini experience or not but he was certainly very insightful he had certainly been groomed he's certainly been taught all of the stuff um and then when he backed out and said i'm i'm not your guru or whatever he said um he he stood on his own and and what what i see is that all that thought that he had been programmed with um became useless to him and then he pursued his own spiritual path in other words he became real the goal of the no thought moment is to get to a place of clarity to see your own path or your own creativity or your own capacity or an answer to something you want to know or 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 but to say all thought is useless mm -mm. we think and that's how we create when the thinking is when it's bs well it's bs <laughs> what else can you say but when the thinking is powerful when it's loving when it's creative you don't want to shut that off we need more of that not less so the the, the no thought moment it may be something that gets you into a space where you can make something magical happen within yourself in terms of your consciousness and your perception but it's not a state that you want to stay in uh, endlessly uh, that just doesn't work from a, a very poor analogy is deciding when you're 20 that you're going to be vegetarian for the rest of your life you never get outside that box um, deciding that you have to go for no thinking when that is 180 degrees from what you are what we are it it's becomes totally unproductive and you get to the end of the life and you look back and you realize you wasted your time agonizing over something that never happened and trying to achieve something that was impractical or unrealistic for the place where you were you have to be where you're at. We're in a three-dimensional world. Stuff needs to be created. Stuff needs to be thought about. Stuff needs to be uncreated. Um, and so you have to have thought. There are moments when, yes, Kundalini will happen. But let me tell you, when Kundalini happens, thinking turns on instantly because you are assessing, you know, what the hell is going on? <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, I wanted you to clarify that because oftentimes it's contradictory. In the New Age movement, we often talk about yeah. the space between thoughts, but then we talk about how re you create reality with your thoughts. Yes. And, and that's why I wanted, I wanted you to talk about that. And also, uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti, if you read a lot of his books, my understanding was that he did talk about thoughts as being 
uh, useless, but he repeated that over and over again. But in the end, is because he wanted to make people think beyond that. Because if you look at other books after a while, he started to talk about it and say, yes, we can create, but he called it something else. It was like, yes, thoughts create reality. Yeah. But you had to have read a lot of his books to find that. To get to that point. Yeah, to get to that point. So that's why I wanted you to elaborate on that, because I think there's always we're very like all new age stuff often is it's very contradictory and it confuses people a lot it is and and it does and that's why people don't get anywhere and they waste a huge amount of energy agonizing about their they haven't found it yet or they haven't reached it or they haven't become it or whatever and they're amazing people magical people so um yeah that whole idea that we're defunct or division that's crap we are astounding creatures. And I think when we get through this next year, we're going to know it. So. 